This is Smart Girls in the White Eight Sacks. Welcome back. This is pretty much our favorite book we reviewed so far. By <laughs> favorite, we mean book we hated. Book we hated. It was really bad. I know we were saying before that, like, the last two books, like, we didn't really like those. But we hate this book. We hate it. Like, negative. The other two books I was, like, fairly neutral on. Like, I didn't I enjoy like them, them. Yeah. But, like, if someone it else were horrible. to read them, I wouldn't be like, stop! <laughs> but this book, I would just, like, it should be burned. <laughs> we hate this book. <laughs> we hate um, this book. Anyway, the book is We Were Liars by E. Lockhart, and the E stands for Emily. Hmm. I found in my research. Yeah. Yeah, so this is, like, an established author who's written a lot of other books that have gotten praise, and this book was on, this book came out in 2014. We are so old at this point. I know that if you wanted to read this book, you've already read it at this point, which is good, because we're going to talk about the whole book. Um, and if you, this is a book where you don't want to know the plot. Actually, it doesn't matter, because don't read it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, this book was on a lot of, like, one of the best books of the summer. It was on a lot of those lists in 2014 when it came out. Yeah, it was It was very much advertised as a summer book, buffy. and there's a picture of people swimming in yeah. the ocean Yeah, the cover, so it so. has a very summer feel. It takes place a lot during the summer. So I, for one, maybe because I didn't actually read the book of the book, and I didn't actually pay a lot of attention to what the list blurbs were. I just knew it was on the list. And we picked it because it was popular. Um, I guess maybe I set myself up for not knowing what was going on, but I did not realize this book was going to be as dark as it was. I thought this was going to be, like, a fun read. About people who live in Cape, in Cape Cod, Cod. Sum- who summer in Cape Cod, who don't live there. Yeah, I thought this was going to be, like, People who fun. use summer as a verb. I thought this was going to be, like, a growing up, like, a coming-of-age story yeah. with, like, people on their Cape Cod life. Like, I thought this was going to be fun. It was not fun. There's a map at the beginning. Map books? And it's, like, a cutesy map and a family tree. Yeah. I always it, it really did not. make no sense at the beginning. I didn't have them. I read mine on, um, online. Well, not online. I didn't, like, scam it. I read on, like, a Kindle app. But, so mine didn't have a map. So I, when Paige came with her, like, hard copy today, I found out there was a map, which is exciting. Yeah. So, anyway, this is of their island. Which is the most appealing part of the book, is this, the fact that, like, the grandpa of the book has a island in Cape Cod that's just their island where just the family lives, and they have, like, a tennis court and, like, beaches and, like, pools, maybe. I don't know if they have pools. I think they do. They probably have pools. I would have a pool. And, like, a staff and, like, every family, like, every, like, nuclear family has their own house on this island, which sounds like the coolest thing ever. Right? I, uh, (laughs) like... I was like, if I had a lot of money before I read this book, I like I would love to have a house on Martha's Vineyard. After I read this book, I spent a lot of time looking at Martha's Vineyard real estate. Also, nothing for my price range. Um, no my, real estate is my price range. My price real. range is a shoebox right now. A literal shoebox. I don't mean like a small apartment. I'm not. Like, I mean a not like shoebox. not like a nice shoebox either. Not like yeah. a shoebox with shoes in it. Shoebox on clearance. Yeah. Um, From Target. <laughs> Yeah, so I have always, like, I would love to have a place on Martha's Vineyard. Like, it's beautiful. I've been to Cape Cod a couple of times because I went to school in Massachusetts, so I would go. I spent, like, spring break there one year. Spring break, kind of. I don't know. I spent a couple of days there. I stayed in a hostel, though, in Hyannis. And the second time I went with my parents after I graduated school, and we just stayed in, like, a cheap hotel. Like, we went to Martha's Vineyard. We were not exactly in the same places that these families are. This, in case you didn't know, was a very wealthy, super privileged family. It's a the, private island in Cape Cod. The private island didn't tip you off. Yeah, they have four houses. The private island sounds super great. So it's even better than having a house on a vineyard. You would just have an island for like all your friends and family. Right. So that part is pretty cool, but the rest of the novel is pretty dark. Um, 
yeah, by page three, like, I'm already, I'm already feeling betrayed. <laughs> by page one, I'm betrayed. Page three is page one, because page three oh. is the beginning page. Okay. Yeah, that's what I mean by page three, the first page. They're already dropping hints that, like, everyone's a criminal, everyone's an addict, everyone's a failure, I think is their term. No, no one is a criminal, no one is an addict. Oh, no yeah, one I'm, sorry, is a failure. I'm sorry, It says no one is, no one is, no one is, and that means everyone is. Although it's not written, so this is how I would write a novel, because I, um despise grammatical structure in the sense that I can I've never been able to grasp it um, <laughs> she was once recommended for an English as a second language like remedial writing course in college and English is her first language it is my first language I know no other language in fact um there is no second language um, <laughs> but yeah so I like am all about not having grammar, except not really, because grammar is important. This book taught me that. That's what I learned from this book. <laughs> yeah. By the first page, I was, in my notes, I wrote, oh, no, please don't be free verse. Um, it only is sometimes when it feels like it. Yeah, the free verse tendencies in this book are out of control. It's a novel, okay? It's supposed to be in prose. I'm sorry, but I do not care, like, novels with poem. I'm not a fan. If I want to read poetry, I'll read poetry. I don't want to read it in my novel. There's another book that tried to do this. I read it in fourth grade. It's that children's book, you know, Out of the Dust. And it's about this girl moving around during the Dust Bowl, like, forced my, I don't know. I think, did she move out of Oklahoma? I don't remember, but it happens during the Dust Bowl. It's at least partially located in Oklahoma. It's about this girl during the Great Depression. And it's written in poems. And obviously it got high praise because it's like this children's book. It's deep and literary because it's written in poems. But I hated it even when I was in fourth yeah. grade, and I hate it now. I don't like free verse novels. I don't know why people choose, because I also, my, like, freshman year book for my college was this book called Ludlow. It was written by one of the professors at my school who was Colorado's Poet Laureate of the Year. State Poet um, Laureates are not as big of a deal as National Poet Laureates, yeah, you find. No. But, um, so it's about the Ludlow massacres, which happened in southern Colorado in, I don't know, at some point. And so it's, like, everyone dies. I think people are, like, poems are deep, so we can write about tragedies in them and, like, get a more emotional feel for it but it doesn't work yeah everyone yeah that's when you know the author is like straining for like emotion and deep profoundness and they start writing like poetically and i don't have anything against poetry i love poetry and if you naturally write prose in a poetic way that's fine that's as long awesome. as you're a good writer but this is just like mashed up free verse in it and i hate it i thought it i did not like the writing style at all it just seems lazy honestly like this is how you think which is great but you're writing a novel <laughs> so maybe it, yeah, it's just extremely annoying and self-indulgent. Not a fan at all. We really didn't like that at all. It, and it's a whole dang book. It's not just, like, the mm. first page. Because you know how sometimes books will start with, like, a very, like, romanticized, like, poetic, yeah. like, prelude to the actual book? No, it's, it's the whole book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. Every page, there's just, like, lines that don't, are not complete sentences. They're just... Maybe the author is actually super crafty. She's trying to make the main character super annoying. In that case, I think she 100% succeeded. I don't know. Are you supposed to sympathize with the main character? I don't know. I've read this whole book, I and I don't know, know what she means. Because I don't. going to talk about that later. Yeah, we have I don't know what we're supposed to feel. And that's a question that we're going to talk about later. Because we want to get a little bit into the plot before we go there. But So let's start on the plot. Yeah, so... Okay, part of the problem with free verse tendencies... And that's what I'm calling it. That's Because it's not actually poems. It's just, like, free verse tendencies. Right. It's, like, poems ended up in prose... Right, it's just, like, grammatically incorrect and incomplete sentences. Mm -hmm. We hated it. We'll give you a couple examples later. But um, part of the problem with that is that poems are highly, like, metaphorical. They're using imagery and figurative language. 
Right. Not as generally as much as novels do. And so when you're just dropping free verse into your text, it actually becomes very difficult to figure out what is meant to be taken seriously. And on page five, we're still... Page five, of course, is actually the third page of the book because page one is page three. Um, Why do books do that? I don't know, man. I feel like you could number appropriately. Like, I understand this isn't the first page in the book. I've seen that there are yeah. other pages, but, like, I don't all know. of a page one. I do that. Stupid. If anyone knows, send us an email. <laughs> Actually, just send an email to the person responsible and make them stop. <laughs> if you are responsible, please stop. <laughs> I know you care about us deeply. <laughs> yeah, so, so on the third page of the book, which is page five, stuff starts happening immediately, and I'm... Like, that's still, like, the establishing page of the book. It's still, like, especially if you came into it thinking about fun light read like, read like I did, you're already pretty confused because you're like, whoa, this <laughs> seems like the wrong tone. <laughs> I think this is the wrong book. <laughs> so you're already confused, but even if you actually knew what was supposed to be going on, I still feel like well, you need some pages to get into a book. You can't just start dropping stuff in. But on page five, it literally <laughs> said her father, in the very beginning, her father leaves her family. So this one girl who... We can't even remember her name. What is the main character's name? This is like we have to figure out her name. Agent, figure out her name. Hold on. One sec, guys. We literally don't know her name. We've forgotten. We didn't um, read this too long ago. Oh, it's in the map. Probably lost her name. Um, I remember the other people's names. I don't remember hers. They sure. all have like East Coast waspy name. Pa- oh, that's Cadence. Muffy Cadence. No. Cadence. That's Penny. No. Okay. It's Penny is her mom yeah. and Cadence is her. They live at Windermere. I'm looking at the map in the front. Her name is Cadence. Cadence, that's right. Yeah, they all have dumb names, too. One of the girls' names is Miriam. Like, Helen Miriam? Yep. Yeah, the name's Liberty. There's a child named Liberty. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard that used as a name before. I've never heard Miriam use as a first name. Gat is, like, a love interest. That is the most ridiculous thing. His name well, is trying, Gat. Well, they're trying to, like, he's, like, not of this world. And they're right, trying to be, like, Cadence versus Gat, which, like, Gat does not sound attractive. But it turns out Gat is short for Gatwick. Like the airport outside of London. Which is a nice that. Whatever, this book is confusing and stupid. The point is, is all these people have stupid names. I get that it's like the waspy thing to do. So, anyway, Cadence. Cadence is her name. So, Cadence is Don't on the front lawn on page remember. five. Michelle <laughs> <laughs> can't say the word lawn. Um. <laughs> so, Cadence is on the front lawn on page five. And her, her, her father's leaving her mother, yeah. leaving her family. Yep. And it says in this book, we're not quoting because the page isn't open, but <laughs> my father pulled out a gun and shot me. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, shut um, up. There's no way. He th- Then he pulled out a handgun and shot me in the chest. I was standing on the lawn and I fell. The bullet hole opened wide and my heart rolled out of my whip. Or maybe we should. My heart rolled out of my rib cage and down into the flower bed. Blood gushed rhythmically from my open wound and then from my eyes, <laughs> my ears, and my mouth. Okay. Obviously, that's an overbone description. But when it happens, <laughs> especially towards the beginning line, I literally thought her father shot her. I thought her father shot her, too, until halfway through the book, and I was like, she never got shot, did she? <laughs> okay, it didn't. Okay, I knew her father hadn't shot her. A couple lines down, her mother tells her to be normal, which obviously that's a waspy thing to do, right? Put on a parent's She says it a lot, though. She does say it a lot. I feel like a crazy mom and would say that even when, like, the ambulance is coming. She's like, get your shit together. Stop <laughs> acting like someone shot you. I need you to, like, pull it together. Right. So she wasn't actually shot, but because, like, these are still the establishing pages of the book, and because I think of these, like, free verse tendencies. I literally thought she'd been shot. 
And it's just a metaphor for her father leaving her family. I did not appreciate that. I actually thought she'd been shot. And that's part of the thing with this writing style. You can't figure out what you're supposed to take seriously or not. Sometimes when she started collapsing into that three-verse song. Like, later on, the character gets really bad migraines. And there's one description in the book where she talks about blood coming out of her ears. And I'm like, is blood literally coming out of her ears? Or is this just, like, another poem? I want to know how bad are these migraines. It could be a possibility. Does she even have migraines? She does have migraines. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> is this something? Is any of this real? I feel like this is totally the book where like everything could have been a dream at the end, and like, <laughs> and then she had like learned her lesson. It was like the Wizard of Oz, but like horrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just. Yeah, she described the descriptions are just out of control. Right. It's too much. And I think part of that is intentional. I think the author is trying to establish that you're as the reader you're not really sure what's real and what's not real because you are revealed more and more like and she's a crazy emotional teenager who right. thinks her life is really well important. and you find out how crazy she is later right but yeah um and like the cadence is not the most reliable narrator as you find out but at the beginning you don't know that yeah at the beginning you're just like why is this horribly written i think some of it may have been intentional but i feel like some of it was just actually meant to be like these profound descriptions Beautiful. And they end up being just absolutely absurd. Right. The whole and novel. And also confusing. Right. The whole novel is supposed to be like this critique on privilege and like. Or is it? We don't even know. We'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk about that. Because Paige will let me tell you the end until she talks about the plot. I'm sorry, I have to. But she describes all these. One of the things she does is she describes characters based on like random objects, basically. So these. So what. Cadence is the main character. Now, on this island, there's five houses there's her grandparents' house. And then there's her mother and her two sisters each have their own house. So these all these families have their own houses. So Cadence lives with now her mother on their house. Windermere. They all have names because yeah. it's Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. You get to stay in your house. And then her mother's other sister with, like, four kids? Mm-hmm. No, three kids. No, four. Mira, well, okay, so there's there's four, like, young children in this book. Teenagers. There's four, like, mainish characters. There's Cadence and then her two cousins... Mirren and Johnny, and then Gat, who is, like, not related to them. He's, but like... her aunt's, like, second boyfriend after her first husband, basically. Yeah. And not Gat's not her son. aunt. Yeah. The aunt's boyfriend's son. Cadence's aunt's current boyfriend after she divorced her fourth, first husband. Gat is his son. It's so confusing. If you're confused, sorry, that's where there's a map with the family. There's a map. Book. It's, like, a really cute map. Sure. Yeah, so they all have these homes. Um, so, it's Cadence, her two cousins, Mirren and Johnny. There's a lot of other cousins, but they're too young, so we ignore them, basically. <laughs> and Gat, who is not related to them, but is... But comes to the island Johnny's every summer, for at least part of right. if their parents got married. Right. Yeah. And we, uh... What was I going to say? I have no idea. <laughs> I know what I was going to say, though. When she's eight years old... Because we see a couple of the early summers, so this really takes place during their teenage years. Yeah, this takes place over, like, 400 years. The, the pacing of this book is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So it, like, starts when she's, like, eight, sort of. That's like, when she's describing people. Yeah. She describes Gat as strong coffee. When she's eight years old. I'm sorry, that's an eight-year-old. Strong coffee is not really a pertinent reference for you. Okay. It's also just a dumb thing to do. Okay, go on. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, the pacing is ridiculous. So we start when she's eight years old. And I mean, like... I guess it could be looked at as, like, a past description, but I think it's written in the present tense. I can't remember. But she, like, goes, and so, like, it only takes place during the summer for the first few years, right? So Mm -hmm. you get all these years of the summer, and it takes 
a long time, but also like a short amount of time. I don't. I There's just some didn't early establishing summers, and then they go through one summer. I oh the year like their age is important, but unfortunately, I didn't write notes, and I can't remember. And it would we would never figure it out for um, the book. So let's call it. Oh shoot, I can't. They're teenagers now, right? Summer. I think summer fifteen is like the the before one. No, I think summer fifteen is the one where things go terribly right. When she discovers it, and when they actually do. No, when they do. Okay, year fifteen is we think <laughs> could be wrong. <laughs> Don't quote us. Um, is so like the summer ends. The last summer is summer seventeen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's year fifteen. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. They're fifteen years old. Cadence has like sort of always been attracted to Gat, and it's like okay. Since they were like eight. Yeah. Again, because Gat's like strong coffee. Gat looks like strong coffee. Oh my god. Wait. This is. Again, this is also a description of Gat. Um, I wanted to touch him like he was a bunny, a kitten, something so special or soft. And soft, not or soft. It's special and soft. Um, so that happens pretty early. These are, the yeah, show. it's just weird descriptions. Also, it seems out of character for an eight-year-old. Um, I mean, eight-year-olds really like bunnies and kittens. That might be I later, so. too. Again, because the pacing's ridiculous. That's on page 15, but she could have been 13 years old because the pacing is ludicrous. I didn't find problems with the pacing, I guess I would say specifically, but I found problems with a lot of other things. So it's the worst. I hate this book. <laughs> we, we do hate this book. Doesn't matter if it's the pacing or not, we hate it overall. Um anyway, so fifteen Cadence has sort of always been attracted to Gat. They're not actually related, so I guess that's okay. It's fine. Yeah. That's why their relation is so like weirdly distant and confusing. Because they want to make it less weird that they're Yeah. Their relationship is weird. So year fifteen is really the summer where Cadence falls in love with Gat. And it, they have this bizarre relationship where it seems like kind of he reciprocates it, um, but kind of not really. So, oh, yeah. Um, so they kind of get involved mm-hmm. over the summer. They're kind of in love. There's also, supposedly, Gat has a girlfriend in New York. But he's getting involved with kids anyway. Right. And the the thing is, these kids really, I mean, they're cousins, except Gat. <laughs> but they don't really speak to each other at all outside the summer. Like, the summer they are always together because yeah. there's only, they, like, are on this island where there's only each other pretty much. And, and they do love each other and, like, they're right. very good friends and they do everything together. But, and they're the group called the Liars. So yeah, that's pertinent. Do we know why they're called the Liars? No. Will we, we later? Just, Maybe. Not really. No. But <laughs> their granddad called them the liars, and so they call themselves the liars. And then we get the book title, We Were Liars. Yep. So that's the four of them. Yep, and so it's confusing. They have summers together, they have fun. Cadence is like sort of the good one sometimes. I don't, I don't know. know. They hang out, they're teens on a yeah. Cape Cod island. Sometimes yeah. they get taffy. Doing Cape Cod stuff. Like taffy. Doing wealthy wasp stuff on Cape Cod. Boats, mm-hmm. tennis. One of them lives in New York City during the year. One of them lives in Boston. And Cadence lives in Burlington, Vermont. So that's basically that. Yep. Then what happens is, so year 15, Cadence and Gat are in love, blah, blah, blah. Year 15 is the year the thing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and nothing too much happens. That they would, like, sneak out of the house to see each other. But that's really as far as it went. I think they kissed once. Yeah, they, like, kiss each other, but, like, that's it. It's still in the very, very early stages of, like, mm-hmm. of teen romance. Yeah. But at the end of Summer 15, 
shit goes down. <laughs> right. And we, like, are a little bit confused on what happens, but, like, Cadence winds up going to the hospital. Cadence almost drowns. She, it's, it, no one's really sure what happened because no one was there. They just found her later. Right. Or they pulled her out of the ocean or something. But it seems like she went swimming by herself. Well, she actually, she took off all of her clothes and just, like, all, leaves them on the beach and goes in the water and apparently... The story doesn't make sense. This is what people are trying to reconstruct after it happens. Because they find Cadence's clothes on the beach. She apparently went swimming by herself in the ocean. Which you're always... You're never supposed to swim alone. Not even in a pool. Especially not in the ocean, <laughs> for crying out loud. Anyway, apparently she seems to hit her head on a rock. <laughs> so she has this, Because like, she goes swimming at night in the ocean. Oh, that's right. At night? At night. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of bad things. Or at least late evening. It's definitely not, like, afternoon. Time. Mistakes are made. And but it also doesn't make sense. She's like, how the heck did I hit her, my hand, my head, and then her hands are also injured? Yeah, it seems like her hands get cut up. She, like, hits her head on a rock or something and, like, almost drowns, basically. And I think, I don't know if she's some, I don't think she makes her to shore. I think they, like, find her and pull her out. I think she, like, washes up on the, I don't know. But we're not actually sure. The point is, basically, we're not sure what happens to her exactly. And not because we're bad readers. No, yeah, this isn't covering. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the things that we don't know, it's because... Well, it's not because they're bad readers, because we just we didn't pay a lot of attention, we didn't take notes, and we forgot. Because um, we didn't care. That's a lot of why we don't know. No. But this time, yeah. we seriously, it's not our fault. It's we written, it's written in a way where you're like, what the heck is happening? It's written that way. It's meant to be ambiguous. It's meant to be the main character, the narrator, Cadence. She doesn't really know what's happened to her. She doesn't remember what happened. She doesn't remember Maybe anything from that Maybe because she hit night. her head. And so what we do know, the fact that she left her clothes behind on the beach, she went swimming, she basically hit her head, apparently something happened to her hands. She almost drowned. That stuff we know because characters, other characters are reconstructing it after it happened. Right. She goes in the hospital. She has, like, this traumatic brain injury. Things get, like, to Fios really fast. Fios is what they call the fault in our stars. Because <laughs> there's a lot of like medical treatment going on, and you're like, oh, maybe she has cancer. <laughs> it's actually pronounced Tiffios, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? I think people say the acronym sometimes instead of. I say the acronym as Tiffios. Um, I think it's normally pronounced Tiffios. Not here, it ain't. That's right. That's how I've seen John Green pronounce it, and it is his book, so he gets to pronounce well, it. Well, right here, everyone's <laughs> in our corner of. In Paige's corner. I'm going to pronounce it correctly, John. We're, <laughs> we're pals. <laughs> I'm going to call it Tophios, which I've never read. I have read. We're not we don't need to talk it. about that. We're not going to review it. Yeah. But finally, Because I admire John Greenway too much to read or review his book. Oh, really? Yeah. I like him as a person. Sorry, John Green. I, I love the Crash Course videos. The history ones I use in the study for my intel. I, I like the Crash Course videos. I like a lot of their videos. I like their podcast. Um, he's written some good stuff. He wrote an article about millennials I read the other day that was wonderful. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> and, yeah, so, okay, that's what happens. Basically, she's injured. It seems like she's gone through this traumatic brain injury. She has this partial amnesia. So you can't remember what happened to her, right? Which is sort of congruent with a hitting your brain injury and hitting your head. Yeah, it seems like you, you block some stuff out. Maybe you lose some memories. So that's what happens with her. She goes back to Vermont. And then it's this year where she spends... They keep doing medical testing. They can't figure out why she can't really remember or why she's having really bad she's migraines. She's having, like, severe migraines, like, once a week. The Wait. blood may or may not be running out of her ears. We can't tell. She's a bolo. Could <laughs> just be poetic. <laughs> um, and so she's gone back to school. And, like, you know, when you've suffered a brain injury, like, you know, school, like, it's hard for you to concentrate. It's hard for you to remember things. 
So she has a really hard time just remembering things in the present, too. Her mom always has to tell her things over and over again because she can't remember. Um, so she's having memory issues. She's having pain and migraines. She, obviously, she also feels, like, pretty bad for herself. Because, right. like, some bad things have happened. Also, sure. one point that we recognize at this point where she's dealing with all this is she's, like, reached out to the cousin's aunt to Gat, and no one is, like, writing her back. No one's doing mm-hmm. anything, which is, like, not completely. But that's no, she, like, tries to write to them during the year, too. She's like, hey, why is no one paying attention to me? Which is not completely atypical. But then, the next summer... Do you have any other comments before next summer? Um, well, so one of the other things, so besides... <laughs> yes, I do. I have one more. Um, but it's important. So one of the other things, so she's, like, trying to recover in Vermont. Obviously, that's a rough road and bad things are happening. She also, one thing that she starts doing, though, she starts giving her stuff away. Oh, she yeah. She starts, like, giving away Like, everything. Yeah, she really, like, not just, like, a couple things. She's not going through her closet and, like, getting rid of sweaters she doesn't like anymore. She starts giving away a lot of stuff, and a lot of it is, like, very treasured possession. She's, like, she goes to Goodwill, which, like, Goodwill does not just take whatever you give them. <laughs> she gives them a picture of her grandma. She's, like, here. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like, with the frame and everything. And so they're, like, are you sure you don't want the picture? Like, we'll take the frame, but we're not going to sell a picture of your grandma. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and she's, like, no. She, yeah. like, doesn't want anything. And, like, some of it is, like... This is no longer a material possession. This mm-hmm. is like she's giving away things of sentimental value, <laughs> and that was this huge because that is like a a very like major sign of suicidal tendencies. Yeah, if people start giving stuff away, like important things, a lot of things, if they start giving things to their friends, like that's not a good sign, and you need mm-hmm. to get them help, and like there needs to be a conversation. And I'm so one of the things or that I just found spring cleaning, but she. But <laughs> I mean, person. if people are getting rid of like old furniture, old stuff they don't want anymore. Okay. Old sweaters. When people start giving away a lot of stuff. The pictures of their dead grandma. Her grandma's dead, mind you. So this photo of her grandma is like, she's not getting any more. Yeah, and it's a difference between like selling your stuff on Craigslist, taking your stuff to Goodwill or whatever, and then like giving away things to friends. It's especially when you're like giving it away to people. No, it's like, I know I need to have this. I know. I'm agreeing with you by saying no. By saying no. We learned that in RA training. I was an RA. And we had to learn. We had to do a lot of stuff. RAs are like really expect to do a lot. <laughs> we had to like learn the signs of eating disorders, suicide, and then if we were to ever confront them, how do we deal with this? How do we deal with a person if they have a weapon in their room? <laughs> Training was intensive. I dealt with none of these things. Yeah, just a lot of drunk people. A lot of mostly drunk people. Yeah, there's some stuff. I had friends who had to deal with bigger issues, but yeah, yeah. mostly just drunk people. Yeah. So yeah, watch out for that. Yeah. More life advice. And it's so weird because. Her mother sees her giving away her stuff, and her mom just thinks it's weird. It's weird to me that no one in this book is, like, thinks that it's a problem. It's weird that no one in this book, like, like, I guess she does go to a therapist during this time as well. I think her mom just doesn't know what the heck to do. She, like, doesn't have friends, it appears. I know. And she just, like, sits at home, has migraines all the time, and gives all her stuff away. So she, like, goes to a therapist, but, I mean, what are you going to do as her mom? I don't know. I just feel like it's just like never com- the fact that she's giving away sentimental possessions and a lot of things is never commented on directly by anyone in the story. Right. Well, I mean the whole family not as a problem. Well, you kind of see later in the story that how everyone's tiptoeing around her. Right. I mean, I think they're aware, but they're trying to make sure she's not aware. Also, she keeps forgetting stuff, so like maybe they did try to do something. Yeah. yeah. My point is, this isn't a good way to handle someone who clearly has suicidal okay, tendencies. This book is not a model of anything you should do. We give life lessons. If something well. happens in this book, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Just like we learned last time, don't mix never in a downer. This time, we're <laughs> when people start giving stuff away, you need to get help. To friends, not normally to Goodwill. 
Yeah, if they're just getting rid of stuff they don't want. <laughs> Normally it's your friends. They're like, I want you to have my beloved. It's different. Dog. <laughs> you can keep them. <laughs> this one. Yeah. You should be concerned and get help and not just ignore it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so let's move on. That's her Vermont. And then year 16, she wants, she, they've gone to the island for summer, like, every year. Every year before that. This years. year, she has to go to Europe with her dad. <sighs> Such a burden. I know. So she's really <laughs> upset that she has to go tour Europe for a summer. All expenses paid. Like, Gilmore Girls style? You haven't seen Gilmore Girls no. because your page lives under a rock and doesn't participate in pop culture, but um, in Gilmore Girls, one summer, <laughs> Rory goes to Europe with her mom, and they backpack and stay at hostels, and it's really cute, but then her very wealthy grandmother is like, no, that's not how we do Europe, and then they yeah. stay at really fancy hotels, and it's, like, way better, and then Rory complains about it. Rory's like, oh, this is the worst, and while her grandma's napping, she, like, goes and do, does the real things, and I'm like, no, you've got to do the, the tourist, touristy, like, hostel-y things. Now you get to go to fancy hotels in Florence? I'm sorry, I don't feel bad for you. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's good things about both of those ways. If someone's going to pay for me for to both? stay. There's, there is, like, there is a, like, fun part. Like, if all you ever did was stay in, like, five-star hotels, you would miss a lot of things. I'm okay with it. All right. I I'll start a travel blog if European five-star hotels want to send me there. Travel podcast. <laughs> there's we can podcast to both ways. If someone was going to pay for me to tour Europe and stay in really nice places, like, I wouldn't complain, though. That said. So, yeah. but she she's not happy because she doesn't get to go over the island. And she emails, you know, her cousins because she wants to know what's happening on the island. She and she wants to tell her. Yeah, and no one responds to her. She also sends Mira and one of her old Barbie dolls amongst the possessions she's giving away. I just remember that. She sends weird stuff to all of them, doesn't she? Probably. She's sending, like, again, weird things. She's like, we fought over this Barbie doll when we were two. Now you can have it. Like, because you care about that when you're 16. Now you're 16. Get over it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so that happens. When you're 16, you don't care about what happened to you when you were 13. Time moves a lot faster when you're that young. Mm-hmm. This part or of the book, slower. I feel like, is just filler. I didn't really care. Nothing was really... Well, I understand it's setting up. Like I said, that. the pacing was... You you spend two, you spend the first fourth of the book covering two years, and then the next fourth of the book, you spend covering four weeks. Or three-fourths of the book, you cover mm. four weeks. Because then, so summer... So summer 16 happens, and she yeah. just gets to go to the island. And then we have some more time at home. Do we get time at home, or do we go straight to I, I don't know. Who knows? We're going to go straight to summer 17. That's what we want to talk Which is about. where the majority of the plot happens. So yeah, this is summer, where we finally start finding out things. So summer 17, she's not supposed to go to the island at all, but then she convinces her mother and her grandpa Whoever. that she should go. She was supposed to go to, like, oh my gosh, yeah, she was supposed to go with her father again to Australia and New Zealand. Again, this seems like not a hardship. Um, her father now lives in Colorado. Also a cool place to live. Yeah, we live here. Um, and... But she really wants to go to the island. She talks whoever into it. I don't know. She gets her way. In the sense that she gets, they give her, like, some time, maybe a month. Or, like, some amount of weeks. She can't spend the whole summer on the island. She spends four weeks. Yeah. So out of a summer, which is three months, she's going to spend two months Mm -hmm. traveling. No, she's supposed to go to her father in Colorado. Because now that New Zealand. Now you can't go to New Zealand. Because why would you only spend two months in Australia and New Zealand? I don't know, man. Whatever. The point is, she gets what she wants for at least some of the summer. Yeah, four weeks. And so she goes back to the island, and so she's really excited to see her cousins again, finally. Especially because they've been right back to her. Here's what I found to be beyond weird and super creepy at this book. Okay. Year 15, she falls in love and has this relationship with Gat. At the end of year 15, she has this weird, like, brain injury thing, almost drowns. She can't remember what happened. 
And no one else really seems to know what happened either. They just found her after the fact. By herself. Right. If that were the case, if this were me, I would be super creeped out to go back. Because to me, I'm assuming with all that happened, what I imagine went down is like, and the fact, especially the fact that like everyone's so distant, and like Gat, who supposedly they were in love, they were in a relationship, Gat never contacts her again after this happened, after she's found. Two years, the two years have passed, which I don't think you really realize when you're reading the book because the pacing is so weird. (laughs) But, um, yeah, two years have elapsed. (laughs) We're waiting for Nichelle's dog to freak out. He's clawing out the window. He's not. Paige hates my dog, but Paige's dog bites me every time I go to her house, so my dog is clearly superior. Okay, I don't hate Nichelle's dog. Come here. But it is potentially a safety hazard to people outside the window. Okay, the window is fine. Anyway, so, okay, I would be, the fact that, like, all this happened, that she was in love with Gat, that then he never talks to her again, yeah. I find that hella suspicious. If the guy I was in love hella with... Hella suspicious. <laughs> what do you want me to say? I'm not from any of the places that say that. Wicked suspicious. I'm, I from, find this, I'm from the place that says hella. I will say all NorCal. of them. Woo, woo. <laughs> Language is malleable. I'll say all of them. I would find this wicked suspicious. <laughs> that's weirder. More, I think I prefer. Hella. I have a little bit more connection to that area because that's a box. You actually live there. Actually oh, you lived in Northern California for like two minutes. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I can say all of these. Anyway, these are all my vernacular. Okay, if I had no memory of what happened immediately before, I went like swimming alone and like left my clothes behind, and I ended up just like with this brain injury and almost drowning and had to be pulled out of the water and then I never heard from the guy I was supposedly in love with before, I would be both terrified and also super angry because I would assume, what I assume is what, like when I was reading this book, what I assumed would happen was that like he raped her and then tried to kill her. Whoa! I did not assume that. That is not even like... But what? No, 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 no. No. That is such a good guy. You need to wait your turn. <laughs> I'm going to respond, and then you get to respond to me. Okay. So, that is not implied at all. I, like, thought maybe something suspicious went down where they were all swimming. She got injured, and it was kind of their fault. Like, they were doing something stupid, and Why she got she hurt. But they ran away. I don't know. Like, I was definitely a little suspicious, but I never assumed she was raped. So, like, maybe not- don't know where your headspace is at, <laughs> I, okay. Someone's a little paranoid. and rightly so again I want to recap that she doesn't remember what happened to her but she did almost die and before that she was in this relationship with this guy that they were supposedly in love and he never talks to her again and I just find that to be super super creepy I want to know what happened I want to know why I can't remember what happened and why what's his name will not talk to me anymore and what the heck because it seems like something went down between the two of them that was bad and, like, why was she by herself? Why did she almost die? And why does she have no memories? I would be really suspicious if I had no memories of what happened. Combined with all these other suspicious things that happened, that, like, he won't talk to her. That he's pretending and nothing what happened. Yeah. And that no one around her will tell her what happened. I was never suspicious of him, really. I was. He seemed like the nicest. I was a little suspicious of the other two cousins, especially the girl cousin. She seemed a little shifty. Even, even if he... Even if that didn't happen, I would still be suspicious that he wouldn't tell me what, ha- what happened. Well, no one will tell her. I know, but the, the whole family could have just, like, beat her with sticks. <laughs> but isn't more suspicious that no one will tell me what happened? Well, they don't like Gat. Why would they protect Gat? I don't know, but the point is, I would be, I would be demanding an explanation about something that happened. I would oh, be, my gosh. She would be intolerable to be around if this had happened to you. Yeah. Intolerable. Paige is already close to intolerable sometimes. 
if she had a traumatic brain injury that made her forget, she would just be screaming and, like, all the time about not telling her. And, like, we find out later that her mom originally told her, like, several times what happened, but she kept forgetting. <laughs> Write it down. It's, like, 50 first dates. Probably something Paige also hasn't seen. She's a traumatic brain injury, and she forgets she has amnesia up until her brain injury. Every day when she wakes up, she thinks it's the day before her brain injury happened. Mm-hmm. And then she gets married and gets pregnant, which is a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's something you can consent to when you forget. Well, like, like later. then she falls in love every day, and it's really cute. Um, but Sounds her, like, husband... Again, I'd be super suspicious. Her husband, like, makes a video for her every day that, like, explains everything that's happened to her. That'll work out super well. And her dad is there and, like... Give it one minute a day, and... After, you know... Some days are bad days, some days are okay days. It's like The Notebook also. Oh, my God. People think traumatic brain injuries are so romantic. (laughs) It's a horrible story. I'm sorry. If I wake up with no memory of, like, almost dying and the person I was in a relationship with drops off the face of the earth, I'm going to assume that you assaulted me or you raped me and you tried to kill me. And I will come for you with my shotgun and the biggest knife I have and put it into it right away. Wow. Would it not... Okay, fine. Maybe I'm a little bit more prone to assume Violence. <laughs> bad things have happened. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenarios might present them to, might be, are you saying you wouldn't be suspicious at all? That yeah. something bad happened? No, I told you. I thought something, I thought something went down with the cousins where they did something stupid. Like they all were like, mm. they had been told, they were like, don't go diving off the cliffs after dark tonight because water's lower than usual and they did and then they hit their head and they're like oh shoot we did something stupid and they ran away i guess which is still like a really jerky thing to do but yeah, like don't do that. i thought they just were doing something they were not supposed to be doing and then they were like we don't want to get in trouble bye yeah i don't know i that's what i thought well happened. we all know what i think and i'm standing by or she got like mad at everyone because like everyone in this book is just like very emotional especially cadence she got, like, mad and upset about something that had happened, and she, like, ran off by herself and then, like, injured herself. I don't know. It was just super suspicious, and there were a lot of things that made it suspicious. And I'm just going to assume the worst has happened until I had proven that something happened. Paige is a firm believer in the guilty until proven innocent way of the Italian law. <laughs> Not a fan of the American guilt, innocent until proven guilty. I'm sorry, the fact that he wouldn't offer any explanation... Okay, we can talk about this later. We obviously be forced to death. Okay, the, the point is, is that um, she goes back to the island. She's excited to see these people again. Again, even if I didn't think that the worst had happened, I would still be like, you better tell me what the hell happened. Um, and she just wants to pick <laughs> she up... She would, and it would be very annoying, let me tell you. <laughs> she just wants to pick up where she... I just am strongly pursue the truth. Um, have a great love for the truth. <laughs> um, anyway... So, she wants to pick up where she left off with Gat again. Two I, years later. I would be like, why can't I remember what happened when I was 15? Also, you didn't respond to anything. I'd be less concerned about the, like, why didn't you, like, what happened to me. At this point, it's been two years and you haven't said anything to me. Yeah. Which is a little bit annoying. Also, two years have passed. And, like, the years between, like, 15 and um, 17 are, like, major years. Like, when you're mm-hmm. a teen, you change rapidly. Like, I was not in love with the same guy where I was when I was 15 as I was when I was 17. I wasn't in love with any guys, probably. I don't remember anyone. I'm sure there was someone. I don't remember. This is not what are we talking about? Neither here nor there. I don't know. I'm glad you listened to me, though. I'm sorry. Like, for something in the book. Because I have, in, like, several places in my notes that I I really thought that this, like, there was obviously a violent struggle. 
It did not okay, cross well, my mind. That it was remember like, how we just friend. agreed that we were be- beating a dead I horse? Know. But I don't end up looking at other parts. Okay, blah, blah, blah. They go back to the island. More stuff happens. She picks up where she left off with Gap. Super creepy. Just strange. Doesn't really make sense entirely. I guess she hasn't, because of her traumatic brain injury, we're kind of almost forced to think that she has stagnated in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Like, she isn't really hanging out with friends. She's not going to school anymore. So it's like, two years have passed, but, like, she hasn't grown. Yeah. Really at all. She wants to pick up where she left off, which I guess is natural when you lose memories or something. I you want to fill so. them in. Yeah. Or it seems like, that seems like the natural starting place for new memories. I don't know. I've never had traumatic brain injury, and I, as far as I know, I don't so have amnesia. So unromantic. If I do have amnesia, though... I'm looking for whoever tried to kill me. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> but Gat is weird in other ways, too. It's not just that, like, he figures prominently in this memory loss, or non-prominently, as the case may be. He also, like, at some point he compares himself to Heathcliff. I'm sorry, at the point when your boyfriend starts comparing himself to Heathcliff, it's time to run. That's not a flattering comparison. Yeah. It means he's probably a violent psycho, which, again, is how I've pegged him. This whole book. I liked him. I thought he was fine. He was, like, kind of annoying, but, like... He's extremely annoying. At one point, The he more says, we find out about him, the more annoying I find him. Oh, I just... And he's never really suspicious to me. Couldn't deal with him. Because we I find out... So, we find out that he, like, is hated by the family because he's... Maybe not hated, but it's a very... Because he's the like, color of strong coffee. If you know what right. I'm saying. <laughs> And they're wasps, so... He's Indian American. The first letter of that means white, white. which he is not. Yeah, he's not white. <laughs> he is the son of a previous marriage by the aunt's boyfriend after her divorce. Like, there's obviously lots of family drama happening here. Yeah. And at least the grandfather definitely sees that he and Cadence have this thing, and he's not okay with it. It's one thing that, like, your daughter's boyfriend's son, that your daughter's boyfriend and his son are not white. It's another thing, I guess, if your granddaughter is well, in he's, love with them. He apparently. also, like, says that she won't, get, she won't get any of the inheritance if he, if so the aunt won't get any of the inheritance if oh, she yeah. marries the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So there is some issues with, like, racism happening. Yeah, these for people sure. are racist. <laughs> if that wasn't clear from what we said, <laughs> we'll just say it. <laughs> They're racist. <laughs> Mostly the grandpa. But, Definitely the grandpa, but everyone else, really. Yeah, probably not the kids. Because they all hang out with Gabby. They really don't think Yeah. Um, but they're still youths. Maybe they would develop some racism yeah. later in their life. <laughs> That's actually not the biggest plot of this book. But there's um, the side plot, and Gat really points out, over this, the course of Summer 17, um, he starts to point out like all the ways in which... Um, he's not a good fit for her. No. Again. That he talks about privilege and how, how privileged this family is and how kind of pointing out to Cadence that this is not how everyone lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cadence starts to also have some memories of discussing these things in earlier summers with Gat. Yeah, so Gat in is summer 15. definitely the one who's, like, he is more of an outsider and um, has a perspective that they don't because this is the way they've been raised. This is, right. like, this is normal to you when you've been raised. It. Whether or not it should be, like, it is. Right. Um, and... He point like the fact that he knows like the housekeeper's name and they have no idea who the housekeeper is. Like right. they've been coming there for years and like they know who she is obviously because like they've seen she's her a housekeeper. Things. But they couldn't tell you what her name right. is. Um. So he knows that. But Gat is also at the same time he's super annoying man. Also he's staying like he's not like living in a box. Right. 
Yeah, he's also definitely like when he's in the summer, the, privilege. He, the staff works for him too. Like he gets right. his house wherever he's staying cleaned up too. He eats their food. Like right, right. So he's also he's in it, but he's not. You know. Yeah. Um, at one point, he describes what he did as to Cadence because they have some sort of fight as extremely suboptimal. And it's like, why can't you just say that you screwed up? <laughs> just like the way he phrases everything is. He's pretty pretentious. Extremely pretentious. <laughs> For like pointing out their privilege, he like really thinks a lot intellectually. He's so much. He's their superior. superior. Yeah. Right. At one point, he reads or is reading or has a book of Being and Nothingness by Jean Paul Sartre. Mm-hmm. Being and Nothingness is like if you want a book to carry around for pretentious intellectualism, I would not make that your first choice. Being in nothingness is about eight hundred pages long. It's extremely long. So it's I am too not heavy. talking. I am not talking about the. Yeah, it's too heavy. A. <laughs> I'm not talking about the abridged version. There's an abridged copy you can buy. Um, I ain't talking about that one. The abridged one's pretty long. But I'm talking about the unabridged one. Cat would not be caught dead reading the abridged version. <laughs> it's like literally, it's almost eight hundred pages long. I actually have read the whole thing because I took existentialism in college because I was lost to me, obviously. And I read. We weren't assigned to read the whole thing, but I did it anyway. Being in nothingness, it's so long, it's so difficult, it's super, super weird in places. Like, And he's reading that as bizarre. a 15-year-old, because it's happening there's, in summer of 15. Mm-hmm. There's literally, I I don't think that's... When I was 15, um, I was reading Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> I read other stuff, but... I don't care who you are as a 15-year-old. That was my summer reading. certainly not at the reading level of being in nothingness. No. With no background in philosophy, no. Or no one to discuss it with. You don't have, like, someone to, like... To breathe. At that point, like... It's very, very hard. Yeah. It's whatever. very hard. So he's annoying. He's intellectually superior, and then... But Caden starts to, like... Because they're, like, falling in love, so she starts to pick up on some of his, like, distaste for their their wealth, and especially because their grandmother, Tipper, has died, and I guess, mm-hmm. like, she was a philanthropist, as WASP women tend to be. You pick a cause, and you host events for it. It's mm-hmm. like, you're happy. Um, and so they don't have that anymore. They don't even have that kind of, like, fake altruism that goes along with, <laughs> of, like, hosting fancy <laughs> Hope events. Hope you're not a philanthropist. I mean, there's actual real philanthropists, and then yeah. there's just people that, like, say that their job is philanthropy, which I don't think is a job. Um, and they just, like, host events, and they're mm-hmm. on boards and committees for or things. Or go to events. Yeah. It's, like, a very, it's a way to, it's a way to continue your privilege and to kind of, yeah. um, solidify your standing in the community. Right, because it's always, like, nice causes, too. You know, this is, like, yacht ballet for middle schoolers. <laughs> it's not, like, yeah, it's always, like, very cleaned up The causes. ballet, the opera, and even if you're doing something that's a little bit more, like... Charitable. Charitable. <laughs> Human charitable, like, related to people. Right. You... It's know. not, like... And I think normally it's distant. It's you're not, like, like homeless shelters for malaria. drug You're not going to the soup kitchen. Right, you're not actually doing anything. You're hosting a gala that maybe, like is going to pay for a new building named after you in the soup kitchen. Mm-hmm. But it's a very distant If it's a homeless shelter, it's a nice homeless shelter. Yeah. A nice one. For, yeah. There's a lot of distance. For white people. You know? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of money people. is made from these events. Also, a lot right. of money is spent on champagne. So, yes. Yeah. That's that. Glad we had the candy. <laughs> but, yeah, so. So Tipper's dead and she can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And another thing, so Gat does point out, like, how privileged these people are, and, like, at one point, it's page 129 if you want to follow along. No one wants to follow along. He's having another discussion with Cadence about, like, their privilege and how she has everything. She has money, she got to Europe, like, why is she complaining about her life? 
and he literally says a phrase to her, it grates on me when you ask for sympathy, which is that, and, like, I did not like that. I did not like Cadence. Like, I did not feel a lot of sympathy for her. Not really. The only characters I liked in this book were the Golden Retrievers. (sighs) There's a lot of them, because Cadence's mom is a Golden Retriever breeder. That's, like, her job. Um, she doesn't actually, because she leaves all summer, so, like, she actually has employees that do all the work, but she, like, yeah. that's her company that she owns. Right. But anyway, so the Golden Retrievers are the best characters, because they're cute. Yeah. So, he's pointing all this stuff up to her, and he says, it grates on me when you ask for sympathy, because she was, like, complaining about something. Which is, A, the most, like, the stupidest way to put that. I, like, hate the way, it's so pretentious, it's so pretentious, everything I feel like... Is. But even that, like, it made me so mad at him, though, because even though I really did not like Cadence very much, it's still like, okay, wait a minute. She did, like, almost drown. She has this traumatic brain injury that is, like, causing her a lot of pain. Hey. Like, she has migraines all the time, and when she has these real bad migraines, she can, like, barely function. Great, she just lays And she can't remember things that happened to her. So, yeah, like, she absolutely does have... Like, everything from one standpoint. Right. At the same time, like, some bad things have happened to her. And it's just so rude, I felt like, of him to be like, stop complaining. Like, I don't yeah. want to hear anything from you. I feel like these lines, I feel so like... so mad at him. The way that that line is written and the way a lot of these lines are written, um, that line that I read earlier about the kitten, it continues to say, the universe was good because he was in it. It's very, like, she's trying... Emily Lockhart is trying to write in a way that is very literary and writing in these... Because, I mean, this, that line in particular about the universe reminded me of the Salander line. She wasn't doing a thing that I could see except standing there, leaning on the balcony railing, holding the universe together. Which is often considered one of the most beautiful lines in literature. Um, but she tries to make every line like that. And like, the reason these lines are beautiful and the reason these lines are good is because they kind of stand out from the book. And it's not that every single line is written in this, like, poetic, metaphorical structure. And that's how she writes everything. And that's even how the characters dialogue with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's one ridiculous. thing if it's from Gat, because obviously he, he's reading He's trying to be Salinger, too. Yeah. I mean, that's very clearly a thing that's happening. Yeah. It's it's a weird family. Maybe we have talked about the family. I feel like she... We have to talk about the family just a little mm-hmm. bit. We're also almost at an hour already. Sorry, we're going to talk even faster. Uh, <laughs> hope you can understand this. Um, but this, she, like, is trying to undermine privilege, their privilege with Gat. Like, Gat is so arrogant. It's so annoying. It doesn't work. And it's the worst. Like, I feel like that's what she's trying to do is talk about, like, kind of the ways in which privilege destroys the destroys families. And uh-huh. as we continue on to the book, we'll, we'll really see how hit privilege, <laughs> privilege has, like, destroyed these kids and destroyed their parents and destroyed everything. But, like... But Gat's trying to replace their economic <laughs> superiority with his intellectual superiority. It doesn't work. Everyone's, doesn't work. everyone's freaking the worst. In <laughs> There's not a lot to be sympathetic about. But yeah. So we should introduce the family drama really quickly. Mm-hmm. So the family drama that's happening is, so there's three sisters um, on this island. Um, and they're all fighting over the inheritance, pretty much. They all want random stuff all from around the, the house. And it's not just... So, A, it's, like, really, like, you can't, like, fight about that before people are even dead, like, for crying out loud. But they're also just fighting in general about money because, like, one of them has a nicer house than the other one. One sister is really mad because she lives in the, like, the horrible <laughs> house on the private <laughs> island. It doesn't have a big enough kitchen. It's always been horrible. Do they cook? They don't even cook. <laughs> Why do you need a big kitchen if you don't I cook? don't know. Someone else is cooking in there. Like, just... Also, they Maybe have, they only have a cook at, like, the big house, the grandparents' house. 
Well, they eat most of their meals there. Yeah, so it doesn't. It works out just fine. They all go there for cocktail You can make your freaking hour. cereal. I'm sure they don't. I don't know. What do rich people eat for breakfast? Can't. Well, <laughs> send us an email. <laughs> if never mind. <laughs> Gonna not talk about those people. Um, okay. <laughs> not right now. Probably later. <laughs> yeah. So. So the family drama is that, and then the grandma has died recently. I think right before summer fifteen, maybe. I yeah, I think so. That's true. Because I think that's when things start to ramp up as summer fifteen. The fighting seems to get really bad, and um, what's her name? Um, Cadence starts to remember some of that too. As her memory is about Gat that summer, she also starts to remember some stuff about her aunt's fighting with her mother. They all get super happening. drunk. They they drink a lot, as wasps. Do. Yeah, so they all, what happens is they go to cocktail or they go to dinner and, like, sit out on the lawn where the chefs have prepared, like, lobster or whatever, and they get super drunk and just, like, tear into each other. Yep. So. And none of them have had really, like, we have, like, one, we have Cadence whose dad left them. Do any of them still have husbands? I don't think so. Because the other woman had a divorce and now she has that boyfriend, mm-hmm. and I think the other, I think all three of them are divorced. Maybe not. Maybe one of them hasn't. But, like, none of them have, apparently, like, happy marriages. No, no one's in a stable relationship. And all the girls, like, none of them really, this, when I see the girls, I mean, the sisters, the adult women, the yeah. aunts, you know, when it, like, as we said, Candace's mom is, like, a golden retriever breeder. And the other one, like, none of them really have careers. If they do, they're just, like, they're not the thing you would support yourself with. None of them are self-sufficient. Right, all of them are supporting themselves on their parents' money. Or do we possibly f- their husband, boyfriend, whoever. Right, maybe a little bit of that. But um, do we ever find out how they got the money? I feel like, are they new money or old money? Oh, old money. They have an island. Well, they're old. Like, I is it... I'm, did Grandpa make the money, though? I don't know, man. I have no idea. I feel maybe, like we figured out that. I don't know. Whatever. That's less relevant. Completely irrelevant. <laughs> also, I didn't want to say that because it's not a meme, but you're right. It's completely irrelevant. <laughs> well, it could matter if it was new, or but it's not. It's not new enough to matter. They're moral of the story. They are the elite of New England, right? So they're enough. Um, yeah, and so they all are like fighting each other and everything. Um, they're fighting over who gets the house in Boston. Again, the grandfather's not dead. Which, on one hand, I understand, like, that is, like, it is a thing that can cause strife, even in normal families. Right. You know, if, because, I like, I think of my family, like, my father's parents, you know, my grandmother had this beautiful collection of, like, teacups. So, there's four kids, my dad and his three sisters. Obviously, his three sisters, they all want, you know, at least... Even if they're, like, splitting them up, which I'm sure they will, like, you're going to fight over who gets which teacup, and then plus you have eight grandkids, and, like, even when it's, like, we don't have an estate to divide up, we don't have, like, this crazy inheritance that's coming to us, we don't have a lot of really valuable stuff, even then, like, there's certain objects that are, like, sentimental value, and it's hard to divide up who gets what. They also start to use the kids as pawns. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, a little bit sketchy, too. They're like, you have to go make nice to your <laughs> your grandpa because mm-hmm. you're the oldest grandchild. Cadence is the oldest grandchild. Mm-hmm. And so... But she's a girl, so maybe Johnny has a case, too. You have to push him in there, too. Yeah. Poor Miriam. Get Mirren. out of here. Miriam. Miriam's real name. Miriam? Nah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to all the Miriams out there. <laughs> so they're all angling for... 
whatever yep. they can get, basically. Because, again, they're women and they can't support themselves. And even, that's one of the points, like, they have all this privilege, right? They have so much money. You know that they went to the best schools. They went to private boarding schools. You know they had. They went to probably Ivy's. If they college. couldn't get into the Ivy's on their own merit, thanks to their private school, granddad is going to give a library wing. Like, they're going to get whatever they right. want. They were supported. They had all this privilege. They had the ability to, like, do anything they wanted. And they still can't support themselves. Right. They still are, like, so dependent. And in some ways, because they're living this lavish lifestyle. Also, because you have to spend three months of every year on a private island. Right. I mean, like... It really puts a damper on your career. <laughs> it's not like they're trying real hard. But at the same time, it's like, they had all this advantage, and they functionally did and they nothing threw with it. Away, right. They couldn't get a real job, because they don't have any experience. Right. Do they really need one, though? Like, they could live fine off... If, even if, like, one yeah. child got everything, the other children would probably be able to live the lifestyle that they are accustomed to. Well, like I don't know about the lifestyle they're accustomed to. But I if think, the, I don't think I any don't of them would end up poor I don't think by any would, stretch of the imagination. Like, I don't think they would be poor. I don't the think lifestyle they they're accustomed to and poor, I, there's a big range I in between. But I don't think, I don't think he's talking about giving it all to one child anyway. Like, he's he not threatens gonna, to at several points in the world. He's a crazy person. Anyway, yeah, Granddad is not innocent here either. Granddad no, is definitely, he enjoys them saying no, he, like, themselves eggs each other. Oh, yeah. But then, but then, we find out what actually happens. In stages. This so was actually this part. We're not gonna we're not gonna reveal it in stages. We're gonna just tell you what happened no. because we're at an hour. Are you f- <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So what you find you out? Leave my house in twenty minutes. <laughs> okay, listen up. What happens is that during summer fifteen. So this is what they're what Kate's is doing is she's remembering what happened before, and she suddenly remembers that because you know they've decided that's right. You know, like they have a lot of privilege. They they see how mean their mothers are to each other and how they're using each other, and they don't want to be a part of it. So on one hand, they do realize their privilege and they want it to stop. But are we are we talking about summer fifteen now? We're talking about different. So yeah, yeah, because Cadence is remembering what happened. You keep moving the paper that you. I'm sorry, playing me too. Cadence is remembering what's happening, and so they decide they. They start out, like, smashing, like, small ivory objects because that's that helps people is when you just destroy stuff. They're like, man, this ivory <laughs> is worth a lot of money, so we're going to smash it. <laughs> yeah. They feel, on one hand, I understand the impulse. They feel guilty about what they have. But instead of, like... But instead of doing anything about it, instead of being better people, just destroy just stuff. just throw it out the dock. <laughs> yeah. They're just... And it's like... Understandably, they're very wealthy, but no one's asking you to feel really guilty about it. People are just asking you to be, like, a good person and, like, not take advantage of it and to help other people. That would be the, the wise course of action, right? The logical thing. Anyway, they decide, you know what would be our crowning achievement? Is if we burn the house down! They dun, decide dun, dun. to burn <laughs> the grandparents' house down. That will teach them a lesson. Yep. They just, everyone's fighting about the money. Well, we'll burn the house down. If there's no house to fight about, not to, like, there's still a house in Boston. There's still a lot of stuff. It's not like they're destroying their wealth right. and, like, setting them back to zero. They're burning down one house on this island of five houses. The main house. No, four. Okay, four houses. Grandpa's house. They're going to burn down Grandpa's house. The really beautiful, like, Victorian, like, the big one, the main one. The first one. But they're they're burning, yeah, they're burning down a house. And so, uh, I just, I, at this point, like, I could not understand how they were not in trouble for this. Because, like, I'm not an arson investigator, so I don't actually know how they determine if it was arson or not. But I am pretty sure that for four kids who burn in a house with gasoline, like, that does not look like a natural fire. I don't think you need a lot of background to determine that. Yeah, it's that. old house electrical, you know? 
right? Like, there's gonna be like, like the I feel like smell I of gasoline. It's <laughs> like, <a> gas can. <laughs> it's not subtle. Why is there a gas can in the library? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like professional, like real arsonists get caught. And then Cadence remembers that that's so. There's golden retrievers all over the island. We already talked about that. But some of the golden retrievers have died during summer sixteen. We suppose because Cadence is like, "Where are the golden retrievers?" And Grandpa's like, "Oh, they passed. They died." Yeah, so they when Cadence arrives on the island, there's a totally new house that's been built in places what was supposed to be the old Victorian. At the beginning of the summer, she doesn't remember any of this. Okay. And she doesn't understand why there's a new house. She thinks her grandfather bulldozed the old house and built this one. And it's ugly, too. Why did he build it? There's no reason he should have built yeah. an ugly house. He built, like, this Japanese zen house. Even when we like, find this, out what actually happened to his house. Like, like, very modern. We find out the kids burned it down. Like, why did he build an ugly one? He could have built a pretty house. But anyway... Yeah. Whatever. Everyone thinks it's really ugly. The dogs are gone. Cadence remembers that the dogs must have been... Cause, so here, here's the plan. So Cadence remembers their plan. So all the kids, they're going to wait until everyone else is off the island. So the adults and the little kids all leave. They're so all going to go to the movie or something. Right. They're all going to leave the island. Um, and so that's the night that the, the teens decide they're going to burn the house down. Cadence remembers that they always lock up the golden retrievers in one of the upstairs bedrooms. So she burned the golden retrievers alive in this house. Yeah, so she's remembering piece by piece. First she remembers that, hey, they burned the house down out of, like, adolescent angst, essentially. Right. Then she remembers, why aren't the goldens here? Oh, yeah, they were in the damn she, like, house. She, like, realizes it. And, and then so she she's, like, reliving bad. all this, and she feels traumatized. But the like, only moment I have sympathy for anyone is for these dogs that are burned <laughs> alive. And I'm like, that's horrible. I I can't understand, though, why these were never, why the kids never were. Why were, didn't they think about that before? Well, I can't understand, A, why they didn't search the damn house. I don't understand, especially, like, like especially why would you, you know go that through the, the rooms and make sure? If you're going to light Grandpa a house was on mapping. fire, like, any number of bad things. A, a housekeeper could have been in the house. They, well, they don't have names, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so the point is, they're not only are they just like horrible people for deciding they're, they're bad arsonists. They're <laughs> dumb as a rock. Like, so they kill the dogs. And the other thing, I can't understand how they never got in like legal trouble because they have to call out like the Nantucket Fire Department, the Martha's Vineyard Fire Department. They they're on an island. Fighting a fire in an island is not. You have to. There's there's not a fire station on their island. It's a private island. They have to get all they these firefighters. From other islands, like, that's a huge expense. And so, like, you can, like, you can be in legal trouble. You can, I don't know if you can get arrested. I don't know how what the penalties are. But if you are so stupid that what you end up doing endangers, like, your search and rescue crew, you are liable for that. Because if they have to come, like, search and rescue and stuff like that is so expensive and it's so difficult, usually when you've, like, stranded yourself on an icy mountain. Like, it's not easy to right, get if you, you can't, out. if you can't get yourself out, it's not going to be easy for someone else to get you out. Right, and you endanger your rescuers and you endanger, like, law enforcement and EMTs and stuff. And so when you do that, like, you can be liable because you're so dumb that you when endangered you, other people. Right, when you burn your own house down, which, like, I don't, yeah, you're right. I don't understand how they don't get trouble. Even if the grandfather didn't press charges... They, the fire department would have known it was arson. There's no I way. I guess they're like, they cover this with like, it's a bond, like the, the fire department from Martha's Vineyard is like real shoddy. Like it's not a good fire department, but like, I feel like I, if Anyone I was, would know. I could figure out that it was an arson. Yeah. And I just like, you would have used all those resources. And I feel like, it's like when you pull a fire alarm in a public building, like you're fined for it because you had to bring out the fire department. Unless if there's you, actually a fire. Yeah. If you, then you're good. <laughs> if you burn a house down and we have to spend so much resources because you're an idiot. Right. I just, there was a, 
an actual fire. There's actually another novel about like islands and fires and stuff. I didn't like it either. <laughs> it's called The Movement of Stars. It was an adult book. I didn't care. It was really boring. Um, but there was an 1846 fire on Nantucket, which is another island off of Cape Cod. And it practically burned the island down. Like it started in one building, but because most of the buildings were wood and it was also like the center of whaling, there was all this whale oil. And so the, the fire that started like in one building, like practically burned the whole island to the ground. And then like the water was on fire because all of like the oil and it was super flammable. And that was the end of Nantucket as a whaling center. But I just like, they burned a house. They could have burned the whole island down. But they don't. So anyway, then <laughs> Cadence remembers more information. Mm-hmm. And so she remembers, she like remembers that night. And so we finally get like what actually happened to her that night. Um, so all the kids are going into this house and they're... Complete and utter morons. This part made me... Dumbest l- kids. I, they all go to private school. Oh, my gosh. But they've never, like... They have the IQ of a bag of rocks. Collectively. I'm not even an entire bag. One rock. <laughs> that would be demeaning to those rocks. Okay. So, what happens is they split up. One of them goes to the third floor. And one of them goes to the basement. They're like, we need to... Because they don't know how fires work, and they don't think it travels via floor. They're like, if someone doesn't burn the second floor, <laughs> just the first floor will go. That's not how fires work. Fires burn <laughs> up, and they'll take everything. Like, you can understand maybe, like, someone in the basement and someone on the main floor, maybe. But, like... So, so I can't. The kid person in the basement's going to have a hard time getting up. Right. That's going to be hard. But, like, the kid on the third floor, like, I knew was screwed by the time. <laughs> the third floor, like, you're going to climb two flights of stairs, and then... Because they're going to, like, cover everything with gasoline. They also didn't time it. They're just, like... They literally have no plan for... They gasoline no matches. Plans. Like, when I was kid... When I was... <laughs> when I was kid... <laughs> no, I was actually going to say... When I was kids, meaning when we were kids, and I couldn't get any of that together as a sentence. Nope. You've been inspired by Lockhart. <laughs> Oh my god. When I was a kid, like, my brother and my cousin and my friend, like, we did stupid things. We did things that we probably shouldn't have done. Never this dumb. I've never burned a also house Also, not now. when I was, like, they're 15. Yeah, they're pretty not damn six. old. Not <laughs> six. <laughs> they're pretty damn old to be pulling this stupid shit. And so, that kid on the third floor, they, like, should have just, like, thrown him a funeral before he went up there. Like, <laughs> there's no way in hell he's making out alive. <laughs> Could have jumped out a window. <laughs> broke a leg <laughs> and then rolled away from the fire hopefully <laughs> like he was screwed <laughs> yeah no there was but even when we did stupid stuff we had a plan it, like i was never this dumb i was never this dumb that i would have thought this would work like if you're gonna i understand that they were worried that they like we have to burn the whole house down before the fire department gets here right because if there's stuff left then i don't remember <laughs> I don't remember. They were like, they're going to fight over this. Like, what if your house catches on fire? Like, the smoke damage? Even if you don't get your whole house burnt down, like, is the worst. My parents actually, we were talking the other day because we had an electrical issue that could have been an electrovile, but we were home, and so it was fine. But (laughs) they were like, if the house starts to burn down, we're just going to let it burn to the ground because trying to deal with insurance with a half-burned-down house is, like, the worst. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, this is all that is covered, but, like, your house is halfway burned down. Like, you have to rebuild your house. Yeah. Like, so if the house only halfway burns down, that's probably even worse because if the house all the way burns down, they probably have insurance. Yeah, they... They have, are you kidding? They have excellent insurance, so, but it's a total loss. So really, you should have just, like, smoke damaged the house. Maybe flooded it, just, like, sprayed it with a hose. But we've seen. Just ruined everything without, like, really, like, destroying it. We've seen, though, that these kids are not the brightest bulbs, and also, they're really a lot more into dramatic symbolic gestures than gestures that mean anything at all. Right. So they decided to burn down the house with, again, newspaper and gasoline. I also just want to, like, 
along the, our life lesson theme, oh my god, do not start off fire with gasoline. Gasoline is a super flammable. It's really dangerous, but what people don't realize is that if you think you can just pour gasoline on like a pile of leaves or whatever and throw a match on it, gasoline leaves a huge vapor cloud that's invisible. So where like whereas you think you just pour gasoline on a pile of leaves, there's actually gasoline in the air all around you. It's probably on your shoes, it's probably on your hands. You throw a match in that, the whole thing will ignite. The vapor cloud included. And right. people like get horribly burned during this. Because you can't see it. So I'm there's just there's a lot of problems here. <laughs> anyway, so guess what? We haven't actually told you this, but you might have suspected by my death sentence I gave to Kid on floor three, all of them die. Except Cadence. Cadence lives, so the people she's been hanging out with all freaking summer are ghosts. And also, no one on the island has said anything to her. Because her aunts know mm-hmm. that her, their kids are dead. They knew that. And they also know, because what happens is one of the houses... The aunt moves out to, like, stay with the grandpa at the main house. Mm-hmm. So the teens are, like, staying in this one house. But it's actually just Cadence. And she makes a huge mess and pretends she's well, – she, I guess she doesn't pretend. She, like, really thinks she's staying there with these three other kids. And no one says anything. She's like, I'm going to go hang out with Gat. And everyone's like, cool, have fun. Gat has been dead for two years, and you burned him alive. Like, Yeah. No, it's really shocking. Like, on page 200, 201, I think, is when, it like, you finally get the suggestion of what happened. And I wrote my notes, wait, why are all these people dead? Because I did, like, I was like, okay, they burned down the house, they remember that, they burned down the gold, and it's okay. But then you find out, oh my god, all these cousins, she killed, they are dead. She killed, she killed them. her three, like, closest friends. I think she, Cadence was the one on the main floor, and she lit the fire. They were all planning to light fires on their floors, but again, they did not plan anything. They didn't plan they to get only out wanted, They only wanted Cadence fire. to live. They it's, planned, they, it's the dumbest thing. So then. And she's a murderer and an arsonist now. Right, which is why, so that is what happened the night of her injury is they were burning the house down. Then she, like, tried to go back in and save people. She, like, burned her hands and then got injured. But she's a freaking moron. She went down. And then she, like, never actually has real consequences. She, like, remembers it. And she tells her mom that she remembers and blah, 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 blah. Um, it's unclear if the adults, how much the adults know. I think the adults all suspect what they don't want it I to be true. I think they suspect, but yeah, they don't want it to be true that it so was. So they just ignore it. That it was her that did it, that she's responsible. I mean, it's not like they, it's not like she pushed the kids in the house and lit them on fire. Like, they were pushed. all in this dumb plan together. So you do kind of take your own chances when you decide to go on the third floor of a building and light like, how guilty fire. would you feel? Well, yeah, no. Like, absolutely, it's horrible. And just, un- it's right. just... She never, so we find out. Oh, my God. She, like, comes to terms with it very, very close to the end of the book. And we don't ever get to see her consequences. She gets to, like, say goodbye to them as they, like, sw- the ghosts of them swim off into the ocean. And that's the end of the book. It's, yeah, there's... It's literally the worst. We hated this book. We hated this also, book. something we never talked about, but I am looking at my notes. Something that drove me nuts and was like real hopeful was there's she kept telling these like fairy tale stories three fourths of the book way through the book. I understand <laughs> I, what I think of what so, yeah she starts she cadence in her narrator voice she tells like the or she writes whatever these like fairy tales about like a, I also commented yeah about a king and like the three and a princesses witch and a princess right it's a it's like supposed to be this extended metaphor for mm-hmm. her family situation it's, and as more information is revealed the fairy tales kind of change and get darker yeah. as she kind of finds out more about the this island and how her family is kind of just self-destructed and what she did yeah she sort of portrays herself as a witch in one of the final stories yeah. but and i understand it's supposed to be like this sort of grieving mechanism i guess i get that but it's actually just like it's not. It's really self indulgent because it's it's just like it's painting as a story. I think it lets her on the hook. Oh my gosh, it totally does. She doesn't even have to have. Because the thing is, because she forgets about it for two years. I mean, we don't get to see the aftermath, so like maybe she does. But she doesn't even grieve like at all. She doesn't even have to deal with that because she gets to hang out with their fake ghosts. Mm-hmm. 
she doesn't even have to deal with the consequences of, like, personal yeah. kind of emotional turmoil. She gets closure, I guess, through, like... Hanging out with ghosts. Getting her memories back while also interacting with her cousins and stuff as a ghost. And then by the time they're ready to say goodbye and she's remembered it all, she kind of, like, comes to terms with it when she says goodbye. But, yeah, like, I think that's a really cheap way out of this. You killed three people. Mm-hmm. Like, did they also help? Like, they killed themselves in a way, like we said, but still. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Yeah. Morons. And it's just all because Ugh. they're so, like... Because they're so privileged. They're so privileged that they can't even deal with it in any other way than burning the house down. And they ended up killing each other. And it's, like, it's hard. I can't feel bad for her because... I don't feel bad for anyone. Are we supposed to feel bad for her? I mean, the people that died, that's kind of sucks. <laughs> I feel bad for no one except the Goldens. Okay, yeah. They I didn't set the fire. They didn't know. I don't really feel bad for a lot of these people. But, um, I'm sorry, kid, you went to the third floor. Did you not realize that you were never going to be able to get down? <laughs> yeah, I can't understand how they can be so stupid. But I also... I just... Oh, my God. It's <laughs> the worst. Their only way to deal with the fact that they feel guilty about like their wealth and that their parents are mean to each other and stuff is to burn a house to be so self-destructive and it's like stupid and the author point like clearly doesn't think that this is a grand idea she's not like this is what you should do if you're well if you have a lot of wealth and burn your house down like she clearly points to the self-destructive nature of it but there's no solution no yeah that's my thing so this is the question (laughs) that i had reading it was that there's no like there's no real reason to do this obviously we've come we understand right no one thinks of it yeah and so i get that but again, there's no, there's nothing that, like, the character just has to remember and then she moves on. Mm-hmm. And that seems unfair. It's, and especially, like, the adults, like, I don't know, again, we don't actually know if they know exactly what went down. They they might just think that the kids were, like, playing and, like, it got way out of hand and, like, They're horrible playing hide and seek. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe they just thought, you know, playing with matches in the house. I don't know. They could have just thought um, it was a game. It started out as, like, <laughs> Well, it started, they don't, I mean, they wouldn't know the house burned to the ground. They wouldn't know where the kids were at. And so, maybe they just started out as something that went tragically wrong. Maybe that's what the adults think. Nishana, I think, think that the adults I think you're, have you're a pretty good sense. I think you're given indication that of what happened. they're suspicious of nothing, like, at least. But they kind of let it go. They totally let it go. And that's my question, is that, yeah, the author, obviously, I don't think she thinks this is a good way to do things. I don't think she thinks this is healthy. I think she, I'm sure she has a reasonable opinion on it. But my question is, like, there should the author condemn them for doing this? I think there needs to be something. Like, so you're kind of, Cadence is trying to confront her privilege. You see this way, and she's doing it in horrible ways. But then, after she's like, oh, no, I did this horrible thing, she just kind of, like, is sucked back into it. And she's like, well, mm-hmm. bummer. I have a little, I have a lot like there's nothing I can do about it. I feel like that's the ending. We're like, they're like, privilege is really destructive, and like having this much wealth and like not being aware of it is destructive. Yeah, and that's I mean, it. <laughs> but it's like not there's no solution. Yeah, and I know that I personally like <laughs> whether or not this is a good thing. Like I my viewpoint and like my preference is for like I don't the best word, I guess, is moralizing. Like, I would prefer the author to have a clear stance against it. And, like, I'm big into right and wrong, and so I want... Like, right, I there's do no want just, the author to moralize. There's no sense of justice. And I know that's not always the place in a novel. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the novel is just about that there weren't consequences. 
I don't, yeah. but the thing is, I don't know what the author's stance is, really. Like, I have an idea. Obviously, I don't think she <laughs> approves of them burning a house down and killing right. people. I don't think she approves of that, obviously. But I don't know exactly if, I don't right. totally know what her stance almost, is, and it's not clear. Right, because you could almost read it. Like, we're, I feel like we read it a little bit like, um, this is a way that privilege, or at least I read it as a way that pr- this kind of represents the way privilege is destructive in this mm-hmm. way, and it, immense wealth can be destructive, but you could also read it as, like, trying to go against your family's wealth, like they do, they try to, like, confront it, is also destructive, and you should just sit there and st- to learn your place, because if they had just not lit the house on fire, everything would have been cool. Yeah, maybe that it's just impossible to get out of, I right, don't know. and don't try. Like, that seems like a bad moral, but, like, if you didn't have any, like, preference the direction before starting this book, I don't think you would be able to determine which. I don't. Way the that's book the thing. Went. Like I, the book I understand no that like novels are often ambiguous, and that there doesn't it doesn't like if everything we read was like a children's morality tale, would be the worst. Like heavy-handed morals, like that's horrible too. But I am, I do feel like characters got off the hook. I felt like it was too ambiguous, and I didn't understand what the author's stance was on it. And I don't have an answer to what the role of moralizing in the novel is. I know that I leaned more towards moralizing and that most, like, literary people would lean less towards that. That's not a popular stance to take. That novels should be moralistic. That the author should enforce the moral, you know? Right. I don't know. That's how I feel because I'm... Like but I feel like there's no character. Really. There's nothing. Like, if you're not going to choose morals, which I feel like is almost what she was going for, like, you have to choose, yeah, like, profound character development. Like, you have to choose something that shows growth or development or gives you an insight into the human condition. And, like, mm-hmm. this gives you no insights. Yeah, I guess the only thing I would compare to... There's no to, growth, no development. Yeah, is the movie, the Sofia Coppola movie, The Bling Ring, which was... Like, a lot of critics really hate it, because they're like, this is about, like, nothing. Like, this, we just see a bunch of, like, vapid teens, like... And Emma Watson. And Emma Watson playing one of them. And just, like, doing, like, being horrible people. It's the same thing, like, privilege, wealth, they, but they still go and steal anyway. Like, they do all these horrible things. They don't, a lot of them get off the hook. And, like, none of them really seem to have learned their lesson. And critics are like, this is horrible. And I understood it in the movie, because I was like, no, this is how it is. This is, like... I don't see it to that level, obviously, in people that I know, but I do see it in teenagers. That's absolutely, like, it's about nothing, and it's nihilistic. Right. But I didn't feel that way getting in this novel. Well, like, I understood right. it in The Bling Ring. I understood it was supposed to be about nothing, that it wasn't supposed to be right. a morality tale. Because this sets you up where you think that you're going to have a morality tale. There's such a, like, huge... There is a consequence, but then it's brushed aside. There yeah. is a consequence. There's a... Like, Profound consequence. She loses all three of her yeah. closest friends, but she doesn't actually have to deal with it. Yeah. So it's like, it's a tale that sets you up for this moralizing. Like, it's written in a fairy, if it was a fairy tale, like, she sets up this extended metaphor. Like, you see the consequence of these actions. You, like, see the, like, dramatic turn mm-hmm. that should, like, punish the evil people, right? But yeah. she doesn't actually have to deal with it. And maybe that's the maybe point. that's the message that if you're that wealthy, maybe we just learned the message. <laughs> if you're that wealthy and privileged, consequences don't matter. Maybe <sighs> that's frustrating. I mean, whether frustrating or not message. We made it up. It's like it's, it is true in a lot of ways, unfortunately. Okay. Oh my god, uh, that, that was, was exhausting. We I had a lot of we when we first talked about this. We suggested about first. Are we gonna suggest first? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. When we first talked about this book, there's a lot of screaming because we were yeah. had a lot of emotions. My notes involve a lot of cats. We tapped out the audio on this a couple times though. So there might be some screaming too. There was yeah, there was <laughs> You have a lot of feelings. I just like that kid on the third floor, I'm just like 
We saved our maximum material from this book. Yeah. We just... Okay. We didn't like the writing. We didn't like the characters. So, we didn't like the message or lack of. We each re- recommended, picked a book to recommend this time. So I am recommending The Great Gatsby, which I think does a much better job at kind of discussing privilege in the way wealth kind of destroys families and people. Um, and it's an excellent novel. Yeah. So read that if you haven't. I'm sure most people have, but... Yeah, if you don't, you'll probably read it in high school anyway. Um, have You will or you have already, but... If you haven't, read it. And then watch the movie because it's beautiful. Yeah, that quote from The Great Gatsby is basically the rich people smash things up and I can't remember the rest of it. But the, yeah, the, the idea that they just smash things up and they get away with it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think The Great Gatsby... It's Gats- explored much better. I feel like The Great Gatsby is, like, just does what this book is trying to do in just a far superior way. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for E. Lockhart, The Great Gatsby has already been written, so she Maybe. can't really add a lot. And, like, I think she was trying to, like, teen Great Gatsby, but, like, it didn't work. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. So that was Michelle's suggestion. I also had another one um, for the idea, so the idea in this book that, like, these kids are trying to deal with their privilege, they're doing, like, really horrible things about it, and they're never actually able to honestly confront it and, like, actually deal with it and to mm-hmm. move forward in any productive way. My suggestion for a book that deals with some of those themes is Emma by Jane Austen. Um, Emma Woodhouse is one of like Austen's like more complex, more... Um, well, when Austen wrote it, she said that she created a heroine that no one but herself would really like. She's not sympathetic, as sympathetic really as Elizabeth Bennet is. I still really like her and I really like the book, but it's about Emma Woodhouse, who's this very wealthy, very privileged young woman who is, because of her privilege and everything, is very also quite short-sighted. And so she manipulates people around her and she um, just like doesn't really understand the full scope of things that are happening. And so she, the way she tries to manipulate people and events ends up um, going badly for her, but she, her eyes are open throughout the novel that she sees what she's doing and she sees how like blind she's been and there's actually like a resolution in like character development. She becomes a better person and so she actually learns to like handle and deal with her privilege in some ways that these characters obviously never do. She doesn't burn a house down. It's the least productive way to deal with anything is to burn your house down. I just yep. I, I don't know what that would be it. helpful for. If you're really, really, really cold, which then being collecting your house. fire insurance is essentially the best thing for burning your house down. And again, again, and if, it's, if it's an arson, they won't give you fire. So, oh my god, <laughs> the insurance people would have investigated if nothing else. <laughs> Maybe the firefighters are literally just like <laughs> dumber than the kids. Toddlers with with hoses, but like, <laughs> but the fire insurance people—they are gonna want to know. <laughs> Fire insurance people, they're, like, thorough. Yeah, they're not messing around. Insurance people do not want to pay for things that they don't have to. They know <laughs> scams happen, and they will, like, it doesn't matter what it is. If you try and scam your insurance, you will probably not get away with it. FYI. Oh, my God. Ugh. Anyway, let's rate this book and be done with it. Yeah. Um. So we're going to rate this book on a scale from a cardboard box to a private island off of the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Cape Cod. Cape Cod. <laughs> They always reference Martha's Vineyard. That's I know, the Martha's island they're, like, off the coast island. Up. Yeah, Cape Cod is, like, the right. region. Whatever. Yeah. They're both accurate. Um, so, what are we reading this book? Well, on that scale, we're giving it the shoebox size to your apartment from a sketchy Craigslist ad that has no water, broken windows, and full of cockroaches. Yeah. You want three out of four people will die, probably, while living in the studio apartment from gunfire. <laughs> But only three out of four. 
So if you're the lucky one. Or a highly questionable Hayden, arson. <laughs> then you'll probably make it. All right. Oh, my God. We're glad to be done with it. We're I don't think this one exhausted. This one has a, no sequel. <laughs> sequel. I don't know what it would be. <laughs> Part two, Cadence's Children. Overall, not the summer read. I thought it was. I would recommend you don't read this book. It's the first yeah. book that I'm like, don't read. Actively don't it's read It's infuriating. It. Yeah. If you're like me, I need to work up some anger and maybe read this book. Mm-hmm. Then it would, this would be a good choice. And you, like, really don't mind, po- like, the writing style. The writing style is horrific. Oh, my God. Maybe I know that towards the end we, like, really harped on the plot and how oh, frustrating it was. Oh, I didn't give them the best line. <sighs> well, it's too late now. No. Um, <laughs> so the writing style is horrific. No. Sorry, Emily Lockhart. This, I always feel like these authors are going to find us and, like, burn our houses down. <laughs> if they do it, we should get fire insurance. We will. Someone else burns your house down, do you get fire insurance? How do you prove it's not you? I don't know. I don't I'm not sorry. I don't know. Also, if you're an insurance agent, send us an email. <laughs> I cried and bit my fingers and drank wine I snuck from the Claremont pantry. I spun violently into the sky, raging and banging stars from their moorings, swirling and vomiting. It's this so is Cadence's description of after Johnny tells her Jack has a girlfriend. That's all that happened is that someone told her that the guy she kinda liked has a girlfriend and she loses See, her mind. And you don't know what's real, what's not. Did she actually puke? Probably not. I don't think so. But again, blood coming over ears during my Did she actually even drink know. the wine? I, no, I, I bet she does that. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can tell. But when I you're reading a book, actual. and that's every single freaking line. We hated it. It's the worst. That was clear. Anyway, we're gonna we're actually we're gonna stop now. And next week we'll be back with a book that we actually <gasps> Ooh, we, we enjoy. Mostly. Nichelle hasn't actually finished it yet. I haven't finished it yet. But, but I it was good. It. it was definitely the most highly evaluated book of the four we've read. So fun. Okay, if you have any recommendations or questions or suggestions, or if you're one of the authors we have critiqued and you want to send us a mean email, Ooh, please. Like, <laughs> justify. If you want to tell us what's going on. We'll talk it in a, a follow-up podcast. That'd be super fun. Yeah, that we, probably will, we will correct our mistakes. I know we've been super opinionated and really loud about and, like, very firm in our beliefs, but we will correct our mistakes. Yeah, for all that discussion. Open dialogue. <laughs> um, so if you have any of those, please feel free to email us. Email us. That's how you say that. Yep. <laughs> at smartgirlsyastacks at gmail.com. We will see you next time. We won't see you ever because this is an audio podcast. We will. Uh, you won't, we won't hear you either. Never mind. <laughs> you will hear us We're going to leave time. now. <laughs>